Faith and hope is the light that leads us from the impossible to the possible. Welcome to the I'm Possible Radio Show. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Impossible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. And of course, I have a, an amazing guest with me this morning. But before I introduce him and we get to chatting about how he overcame the impossible and realized that he was still possible, we must get the formalities out of the way. So with that being said, if this is your first time tuning in to the show or to JQLM radio, and you would like to share with your family, friends, and followers and all the different ways that they can tune in and you yourself would like to know as well, be sure to tell them to download the JQLM radio app on their Apple or Android devices. You can also get JQLM radio on Amazon Alexa, tune in app and stream a simple radio app as well as a host of other platforms of which you can find on our website where you can also listen live at egoentertainmentnet.com. That is egoentertainmentnet.com. Also, don't forget to follow, like, and share us on social media. We do follow back on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can follow JQLM Radio at JQLM Radio. You can also follow Ego Entertainment Network at egoentnet, that's E-G-O-E-N-T-N-E-T, on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and on LinkedIn at Ego Entertainment Network. And last but not least, if you would like to follow myself, Lady J, you can follow me on social media, on Facebook at Lady J Brand, on Instagram at LadyJ.co, on Twitter at JQ underscore one, that's J-A-Q-U underscore and the number one. And you can follow me on LinkedIn at Lady J. Also, be sure to follow the Impossible Radio Show. Show, I'm sorry, on Facebook and Instagram at Impossible Radio Show on Facebook and Impossible Radio on Instagram. And last but not least, if you would like to know more about myself, Lady J, what I do and the different brands that I have, products and services that I offer, visit my website at LadyJ.co. Oh, that was a mouthful. So now, with that being said, um, let me introduce my guest for today. My guest is none other than Chancellor Jackson. Welcome to the show, Chancellor. Hey, blessings and balance to you, Lady J. I appreciate you having me on. Blessings and balance to everybody out there tuning in as well. Awesome. Um, And again, I do want to say also thank you to everyone that has been tuning in to the Impossible Radio Show since 2015. I appreciate y'all for rocking with me. Um, Chancellor, before we get into your story, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Um, they already know your name, so just tell them <laughs> where you're from, what you do, and what you like to do in your spare time. Uh, yeah, so from Atlanta, born and raised, uh, graduated from Stetson University down in Florida. I played football there as well with a bachelor's degree in communication and media studies. After graduating, I landed my first job in China teaching English to children. 
was out there for six months. Got back. <laughs> We're going to speak on that. Uh, got back to America. Uh, got into coaching. Still uh, did a little bit of teaching. Um, I'm partnered with a nonprofit organization working with at-risk teens. And we use my book as a part of our lessons. And um, oh, yeah, I got a, a car rental service going on right now, too. And I got a new book dropping next Monday as well. It's a romance novel called You Love and You Learn. And it piggybacks off of 14 Days, the book that we're going to speak about within this interview. So, yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, I love that you work with um, with youth. Um, I work with at-risk youth myself, so um, I think that that's awesome and amazing because they need it, especially more men, young men working with them anyway. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, let's talk a little bit about, real quick, first of all, um, your upbringing. So, tell us a little bit about your background. All right, so... Um... Specifically, I'm from Smyrna, Georgia. Those that are familiar with the geographics of Smyrna, uh, Georgia, I'm from Smyrna, Georgia, right outside of Atlanta, like very, very close. Um, uh, pretty, pretty good neighborhood, good community, good city. Um, I played football for nine years. I started playing football in eighth grade. Prior to that, I was, I really, I was still trying to I was just living life then, but I was still a great student. I was on honor roll, uh, perfect attendance, all of that. I was a fifth grade class president. Um, so I always excelled academically and then started playing ball, eighth grade, and continued to play ball through high school, working my way up the rankings in the, in the depth charts and the levels of um, just varsity and JV, like the levels of the sport. So finally made my way to varsity where I play. I play DB for those that are football fans. I'm true DB. That's the only position I've ever played. Corner, <laughs> free safety, strong safety, nickel corner, you, you name it. So um, started senior year. I ain't really have a lot of, um, I ain't have no looks for real, for real, as far as colleges. So that was another milestone I had to get over, but I managed to land a, a opportunity to play at a D1 school, and I played for all four years. So that's something else that I'm proud of. And um, you know what I'm saying awesome. doing the same thing to land the opportunity across the world. So just awesome. Yeah. Okay, so you um, you know you had a pretty solid. Uh, upbringing you know and um did well in school and and in your extracurricular you know activities and sports so tell me how did you land a job overseas in china so it was <clears throat> i was just doing my typical job searching routine and mind you i've been up until this point i've been job searching applying to jobs, landing interviews, and not landing anything for seven, seven or eight months. So here we are, eight months, seven, eight months in, and I'm still at the same thing, still haven't found nothing. I've been applying for straight American positions uh, or American companies and corporate positions. <clears throat> so I, had, I was like, let me let me take a, a different approach with this job searching thing, because clearly corporate isn't for me. <laughs> so 
that's when I came across the opportunity to teach uh, English in China. Mm-hmm. And it was a, they didn't really have too many requirements. It was very, very simple to apply. So I just, just took a shot and I scored. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? First job in 10 years on the other side of the world. So okay. at that point, it was like, it wasn't no if, ands, or buts. For real, for real, I was pretty much sold. Okay. So I know most people, especially when they come out of college, well, first of all, even coming out of high school, going into college, um, I don't know, the college that you went to, uh, was that a local college or was that it's a small school no it's in florida okay so yeah so most a lot of high school students are scared like to go far away from home (laughs) and i know florida is probably not that far from georgia but they're they're because they're like okay what if this happened what if that happened i don't have nobody to get to me quickly (laughs) you know so um once you go through the college experience then i mean most people don't like go to a whole nother country. So tell me what was that like? What made you say yes to that job, even though they said yes to you? It was the first job to tell me yes. <laughs> Eight months of applying. <laughs> like literally, I was applying. My football, my career ended in November 2017. Mm-hmm. Soon, I'm talking about literally the following Monday, I started applying for jobs. And I, I landed some great jobs. Like I landed some solid interviews with some big companies. And still came away empty handed at the end of the day. And they just kept hitting me with the same BS. Oh, you like the experience. Da, da, da. It's like, y'all knew that when I submitted the resume, bro. You knew that. Yeah. So, you know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> like, so it's like, but I did, I continued to do it for like seven, eight months. I'm like, bro, so, and, I, and it's the same thing happening. I'm like, bro, something isn't right. <laughs> something isn't right. Like, I was just like, I just, it was like, man. Right. Exactly. It's like, let me, let me, let me just. So try something else because mm-hmm. clearly this ain't working. I got to try something else, and it was it was it just, I can't. I stumbled across the, the China app, the, uh, the application to teach in China just randomly. It wasn't. It was mm-hmm. just so. It was crazy how I stumbled across it because <laughs> <laughs> I was doing I was job searching on LinkedIn, and and the filters. For some reason, I seen a button that said like international or something like that. And I've never seen it before. So it was weird to me. I'm like, international. I'm like, hmm, why haven't I thought to look outside of America for opportunities? I said, let me see what's going on. And then boom, mm-hmm. seen it. Oh shit, what? <laughs> Literally the requirements. A bachelor's degree, it don't matter what your degree is in. Mm-hmm. Uh clean background, native English speaker. That was it. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, psh. you get to live abroad? It's, oh, psh. Boy, that's, that sounds lit. In China, what? Oh, I ain't gonna, I'm 23 years old. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I had a girlfriend at the time, but you know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, I really have nothing truly holding me back, essentially. And right. I played football for the vast majority of my life. A good portion of my life, I identified as a student athlete, a football player. So mm-hmm. that is no longer the case no more. So I, I don't know who I am. I got to start figuring this this out because mm-hmm. hey, I'm in the real world now. So it's like I got a lot, I got some catching up to do to just as far as just figuring out who I am, what it is that I want to do and what do I want out of life as far as all right. of that. So it's like, hey, yeah, this is the first opportunity is going to give me a shot. And what is on this side of the world? That's too hard. It's too hard. Right. Okay. So. You take this job in China, you get to China, 
and um, tell us what that was like. And then what led up to you being arrested? China was lit. China was lit. Best experience I've ever experienced in my life. I highly recommend everybody travel internationally, of course. Mm-hmm. But, but if you can get the opportunity to live abroad for a bit of time, just a little bit. I only did six months. That's all you need. Just a little bit of time. I highly recommend it. Highly, highly recommend it for sure. But yeah, China was lit. Um, the people were dope. Um, food, fire. Food was too far. Mm-hmm. Um, the job was cool. My job was cool. The kids was lit. We was lit in class. <laughs> I'm working with these kids young as three years old all the way up to 14, but I'm mainly working with elementary school kids. So all we doing is playing games, essentially. So we be lit in class, especially mm-hmm. if it's me. You know what I mean? So that work made the experience even better just because that's what I was out there to do. Mm-hmm. So um, and then just exploring China. I'm, I'm in a land I'm not from. <laughs> what everything's an adventure everything's a challenge everything is going to be just a different vibe just because i'm in a completely different land a, a different world for real so oh yeah it's, it, china was absolutely amazing absolutely amazing and, um uh, okay so tell us what transpired because i know that the rules in some countries are way different than yeah. here in america i mean Shoot, uh, I know in Japan when when COVID was happening, they were like, if you was outside at a certain time, you was getting hit. Like, it, so it's just, I mean, like seriously, it's crazy. <laughs> so, um, so I don't know what were the what was the difference or the rules there, and what led up to you being arrested while living abroad. Um, so what I got arrested for, I got arrested for a uh, weed, essentially. That's what I got arrested for. I was smoking the whole time I was out there. I just got caught up my last, I just got caught up halfway through. And um, once I, you know what I'm saying, once everything popped off, yeah, I was arrested on the spot. And now just telling y'all the whole experience of what it's like being incarcerated <laughs> in the Chinese penitentiary, you know what I'm saying? And just how it was for me, at least. But you'll still be able to get a good sense of how the experience goes. For sure, for sure. Okay, so um, while you were um, incarcerated, I'm I'm guessing that you've never been well. You've never been incarcerated because you said you had a clean background. So, um, based on what you know from other people that maybe you know or have heard from other people that are incarcerated here in the United States, what was the difference between being incarcerated there and being incarcerated here? Like, what was that experience like for you? Incarcerated here, you know what's going on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? At least for the most part, depending on the circumstance of the situation. You know what I'm saying? But for the most part, you have an idea of what's going on. At least you, it can be communicated to you. And as you read in the book, you have no clue what's about to happen to you. Default just the handcuffs are on you now. Nobody knows it's happening to you. These folks ain't explain. They can't explain nothing. Hey, and they ain't. Wow. Explain wow. So they didn't and have an interpreter. They brought him in to question me about the drugs, and after that, shit, that that, that was last. I spoke. I spoke to him. <laughs> so it's like after after that point. I get it interrogated again 
it's an official interrogation. They locked me into like this uh this electric chair. <laughs> oh wow. Conduct a uh interrogation and um that's the last time you know what I'm saying I'm getting spoken to like in a form which I can comprehend and uh mm-hmm. answer, you know what I mean? So right. But after that, aside from them two, oh no, ain't no more talking. <laughs> we just up, we're gonna see. I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm just hoping they're gonna take me home or up oh, no, they're not taking me home. Oh, okay, I see what's going on. And mm-hmm. I'm here, okay. This is where I'm gonna be housed at. All right, I'm locked up for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 15 people to one cell, nine wooden beds. Wow. Yeah, now all I got yeah. is one a plastic bowl and a plastic spoon. <laughs> so I got this uh, with fourteen other people. Wow. So, um, so I'm assuming that you know weed is illegal there as well. Oh yeah. Um. So, did you know that that was illegal there in China? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, um, so tell me. So tell me when you were there. In in prison, did a lawyer come and see come and visit you no, after you were locked no, up? Did you no, have to go no, before no. a judge? No, no, no. They handled it. I just followed orders. I'm just signing documents that I can't read, thumbprinting stuff. Um and now I'm in this jail. I'm meeting with some dude. I guess he's a warden. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. He just gives me another contract that I can't read and tells me and gestures to me to sign it. And I signed the thumbprint and now I'm back in the cell. I don't know what's going on. Wow. That's why this story is so crazy. You don't know what's wow. going on. You learn as you have to learn as you go. And it's like it's still hard because like, well, you're not from here. You don't, but it does, you know what I'm saying? Right. Things do shift within the story, and you say uh, you do uh, find out more about how the process works. But still, mm-hmm. you have no clue when you will get out. Okay. Yeah. So, um, all right. So I think we're going to go ahead and stop right there. And we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to continue the conversation with Chancellor Jackson, China's prisoner today right here on the Impossible Radio show right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. Stick and stay. We'll be right back. If you're tired of hearing the same music and content every 5, 10, or 15 minutes on air, then check out JQLM Radio for the realest, rawest, and most relevant variety of music, talk shows, and more. Start your days with a little bit of gospel and gospel rap from 4 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Then get into some hot R&B. Some hip hop. A little bit of pop. Sugar, 
and some Neo Soul for the rest of the day. JQLM Radio, real, raw, and relevant. Hey there. If you can hear my voice, this is Pamela, host of Hospital the Tea, here to remind you that Ego Entertainment Network has a lot for your business. Listen, Honey, you need to get with it. Eagle Entertainment offers various services, media coverage, red carpet services, promo interviews on air. They offer meet and greet services, honey, not to mention other event services. You want to get in gear. Eagle Entertainment is empowered, greatness optimized. We're now booking and spots are going fast. Eagle serves the United States and all event types, honey. So if you are opening a business, having a store opening, a restaurant opening, and you want some coverage, Eagle Entertainment is the way to go. Call or text 317-886-0296 or go to eagleentertainmentnet.com. Add Ego TV to your watch list. Now playing on Roku. And on the Ego TV web app at egotvnetwork.live. And on social media. On the Ego TV YouTube channel. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe while you're there. Also playing on Facebook on the Ego Entertainment Network page. Don't forget to like, follow, and share. Ego TV, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. All right, so we are back. You are tuned into the Unpossible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. And my guest for today is Chancellor Jackson. And before the break, we were talking about um, how he was a student athlete. He played football. He went to college. He graduated and he got his first job abroad in China. And then he was arrested for uh, possession of weed there in China and was sent to prison. So, uh, Chancellor, when you are, when you say that, you know, there was no lawyer, you know, there for you, you know, you didn't go for before a judge. So once they got out of you that, yeah, you know, you were guilty of the crime that they were, you know, asking you about, they just threw you in a jail with, um, you said, how many people was it? Nine other people? 14 other people. 14 other people. Okay. So with 14 other people. So um, while you were there in the cell um, 24-7, were you able to communicate with any of them? Were all of them? Uh, did anybody speak your language there? First the three days, I was the only foreigner, only English speaker in my cell. So I was locked up with 14 other Chinese men. So there's absolutely no communication. <laughs> the first three days, just a lot of self-reflection and reevaluating that takes okay. place those first three days and, and definitely just learning how <laughs> the you know what i'm saying the jail works or the, you know what i'm saying how the days go by just seeing what's going mm -hmm. 
how this thing going to play out. And then on the fourth day, which is chapter four, um, I'm transferred, moved to a different cell. And that's when I meet two other English speakers. And that's when, you know what I'm saying, things start to, with dots, we can start connect, connecting dots as far as how everything, the process works. Mm-hmm. But still, as far as how long I'm going to be there, I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue. But I get to meet other people and you get to learn about their stories and where they come from. And um, it's, a, it's some very interesting, interesting, interesting characters <laughs> that complement mm-hmm. the story as well. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it, it's a great it's a great read for sure. Okay. And while you're there, you talk about self-reflection. Tell me what was your mental and emotional state when you found yourself in this situation? Um, at first, like once the cuffs was on me, I was I was still high. So I'm just like, damn, bro, this is crazy. <laughs> I'm just like, just in disbelief, like, and this is really happening. Yeah, this shit getting real. But um I'm can't do nothing but hold myself accountable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like I got you know what I'm saying. I can't. I got myself in this series, so it's like it is what it is. I hold myself accountable. I gotta take my consequences like a man. Um, I was just curious, like well, I don't know what's gonna happen. I know I'm gonna be good, but I just don't know what's gonna happen. I need to just you know what I'm saying. Just, right. Stay cool. Be mm-hmm. positive. Um, take note of every minor detail because it's gonna be a great story to tell one day once you're out of this predicament. And right. most importantly, enjoy this high one last time because we don't know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell me about the events that led up to you actually being able to be released. Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's just we just wake up, we we sleeping, and then you just hear your name get called, and you wonder why you you wake up like well, what you what y'all want. You know what I'm saying? There's there's a language barrier, so you know they just calling you, but you don't know you can't receive a reason why they're calling you right until one of the other english one of the other characters in the book like translates like hey bro he's telling you to like hey bro, it's time to grab your stuff like it's time to go so you literally just sit and see your number just randomly get called <laughs> you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. it ain't like you you know which order you in like no nah, you just you don't know you just you just sit and then mm-hmm. they find your number but it, it's very pivotal when that you know what i'm saying happens because it's right. a point within the book where I really just truly let the whole situation go. I let it go to the ancestors and to the most high. Mm-hmm. Okay. As soon as I did that, mm-hmm. the next day I was gone. <laughs> Out of there. <laughs> so I'm assuming that once you were able to leave um, oh, yeah. your prison, this- you went back to the United States, you lost your job. Uh, they, yeah, they sent me um sent me straight to my apartment to pack up the rest of my stuff, and then straight to the airport where I was deported from the country. Y'all within less than bro, less than like six hours. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah. so they just let you go and then sent you home. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So did you ever learn about like what the sentencing was there for a crime like that in mm-hmm. their country, or and why was it? not uh asked of you if you wanted to go back and they just made sure that you you know went back to the united states uh, well before i get on the airplane the um immigration dude 
he, you know what I'm saying, pulls out a camera, he records his like this little speech. He's like, you know what I'm saying, people's China Republic, um, you're banned from the country for the next five years. Uh, if you return within your ban, you will be arrested and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the whatever. And da, 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 da. Mm -hmm. at this point, I'm just like, bro, I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, he just, <laughs> I'm ready to go, bro. Come on, bro. As soon as he got done, I said, bro, you ain't got to worry about me no more. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about me no more, bro. I got the full experience of China. I got the highs and the lows, literally. <laughs> I'm good. Okay. You know what I'm saying? All within six months. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. but, so, um, yeah. so I ain't, ain't bothered to, yeah, not, not mean to cut you off, but I, I ain't bothered to. Once I got on the plane, I, all this was behind me, essentially, until I started writing the book. But yeah, mm -hmm. I ain't really bothered to look into it or nothing like that. Okay. Um, I just asked because I know a lot of people would, you know, if they find themselves in a situation like that, then they, they try to, you know, find out more and, you know, but you were young, you know, coming out from college and things of that sort. So it wasn't like, oh, you know what, I'm going to like, you're going to be there for some years. Like I'm going to study abroad or I'm moving to China, you know, or, you know, for whatever. So, um, so once you get back home, um, and just so everybody knows, you spent 14 days there in the prison, right? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Before that, before you were um, were sent to prison, were you in constant contact with family? If so, how often? No, I only had communication one day and that was on the seventh day. Chapter okay. seven. But, but before you went to prison, while you were there in China, did you communicate with your family often? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, were you worried that they may think that something was wrong if they hadn't heard from you in two weeks? I wasn't worried. I was like, that's going to be an indicator that <laughs> that something is I'm wrong. in here. Yeah, something's yeah. wrong. Yeah, that's I'm like, that's what I'm I'm banking on that because I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know one, two, I know one, two things going to happen. When I don't show up for work Saturday, all hell going to break loose because they got one final teacher to cover this class last minute. And I'm missing it. One of the coworkers, one of my coworkers, I was supposed to meet her at an event mm -hmm. uh, the day I got arrested and I didn't show up for that. So she really going to know something wrong. So I'm like, okay, boom. That's going to be the first indicator. Folks know I'm gone. I'm just missing. And then two, I had a girlfriend at the time, mind you. She's still in America, though. Mm -hmm. I'm like, when I don't respond to two of her messages, that's going to be another red flag. So I'm like, I just right. know I just had to wait till the weekend at least before <laughs> folks you know the search is wrong. And then the search for me will begin then. So right. that's how I thought about it. Like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to have to stay down and just set little minor goals and mm -hmm. try to figure this thing out myself since they ain't telling me nothing. Right. Okay. So you make it back to Georgia. Um, tell me what that was like did your family um did they think that something happened to you that something was wrong did they start asking you questions or did you just tell them what what transpired um it was the first person i saw was my mama like once we uh they took me back to the apartment after i was released walk in the door she's sitting right there on the couch <laughs> she's just smiling i'm just smiling <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's 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 a, it's a very um just like a type of moment uh -huh. but it was it was me and my mom got a great relationship. We both Sagittarius. We were, mm -hmm. we're like one in the same. So that's it was just cool. You know what I'm saying? It was like we just pick up where we left off. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So 
She's like, yeah, I got mostly stuff packed. You know what I'm saying? We just we sit there cracking jokes and stuff. So it wasn't really nothing negative. My brother, it wasn't nothing. He just wanted to know what happened. Like, hey, bro. <laughs> Everybody's just like, what? what's it? I wouldn't be, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. And the more I told the story to people and like just seeing people's expressions and reactions, I'm like, oh, yeah. I got to tell, I got to finally figure out how I'm going to tell this story to the masses. This is, this is going to, it's a great story. Yeah. I'm, I think that for most people, they probably would have started freaking out. When they oh, yeah. are arrested, and then oh, yeah. you can't speak the language, nobody's explaining to you what's going on. You don't go before a judge, you don't get a public defender, a lawyer, or anything. They just throw you in a in a cell. Like most people will be freaking out, like losing their minds. <laughs> so no, <definitely>. <laughs> I think that it is so weird, but in a good way, that you are just like real chill, like laid back about it, like okay, you know. So yeah. um, I think I, I get that one part of that was. Okay, I was um, that you that you did understand, you know, you had a translator long enough to say, okay, ask, you know, if you had the weed and things of that sort. So you knew uh, at least um, a little bit about what they were arresting you for, but you didn't know the charge. You didn't know how long it was going to be. You didn't get a trial and that kind of stuff. So um, I think that part of that could have been that you were willing to take responsibility for your actions because that was against the law and you knew it wasn't against the law to even have it. So. Um, as a, as a young man, um, that was in 2018, right? 2019. 2019. Okay. So that wasn't too long ago. Um, so, but as a young man, when you made that decision, looking back now, do you wish that you would not have done that? Um, I think about, I don't wish, I just think like, what, like what would have transpired? What, like, what would life be like? If I would have stuck it out the whole year, just ba- yeah, I, I, that's what I was just. It makes me that the most curious, just wondering, like what, just to see what it, how different it would be, or like where, where would I be? But mm-hmm. just to see where I'm at now, based on the experience, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't take nothing back. I don't regret nothing. I was China was absolutely like I said, China was lit, even despite the 14 days, like. The good outweigh the bad. So even with the 14 days accumulated with it, it's still I st- it's still a great a great experience just because you know what I'm saying we're talking five months and two weeks versus you know what I'm saying 14 days. So it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was definitely a great experience. So I don't regret it at all. But I do I I I always am curious like what it like what would life be like if I did do my whole year? Sure. Ain't no telling. That'd be a, that sounds like another interesting story. <laughs> For real. So you are um so you're home, then you decide to write this book. Um 14 days in Beijing. Tell me uh, I, I know that you decided that in in prison like it was all in, already in your head this would be a great story and you know you decided to write a book. So um when you wrote the book, tell me what was your uh, goal, like, what did you want to accomplish in writing the book? I knew it was just—I definitely knew it was going to be a great story to tell, and um, so definitely just wanted to share the experience with the world because a lot of us either have been experienced incarceration, like ourselves, or know people, or you know, what I'm saying that have uh, have experienced it. So it's not. And even we take it back throughout history, that like us being in shackles is nothing that has ever been just taboo. So it's very familiar. 
So mm-hmm. it's like I can relate to a lot of people for real, for real, especially you know what I'm saying, people of our color, you know what I'm saying? I can really relate to us. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Based on the, the, the situation, it's just the setting that just makes the story crazy. Mm-hmm. But still, think about how many people that have been in this situation that we do know and don't learn from it or don't, you know what I'm saying, progress from it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And look what happened to me to the most extreme and look how I prevailed from it and look how my mindset was as I went through it. That's something that should be recognized. Right, exactly. That's something that should be recognized, and this is what I be preaching to the kids in the nonprofit, like, because here y'all is y'all y'all babies, and y'all don't live y'all got some stories. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, man, what you know what I'm saying? So it's like, just make you really think and reflect and reevaluate. You know what I'm saying? I play football. D one. You know what I'm saying? I always been a leader. Always been a vocal leader. So that's what you know what I'm saying. Just me holding myself accountable when I did slip up. You know what I'm saying? It was something that was just second nature. And it definitely, I feel like it played a, a benefit into how the um, just the whole experience transpired for sure. Because even though I, I was, I was the only one that didn't know anything about what was going on. You learn throughout. Like I'm talking to different inmates. Oh yeah, they he know how many days he got. He know how many days he got. He know me. Everybody wow. knew. Everybody <laughs> knew everything but me. But I do the shortest amount of time amongst everybody that I'm uh, locked up with. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know what I'm saying? So it's it's definitely, uh, it's a very powerful, powerful book. You know what I'm saying? You're going to be enlightened spiritually, mentally, emotionally, culturally, logically. Um, Awesome. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? You're going to take away a lot lot from this book, for sure, for sure. Awesome. So when you, um, after you wrote your book, tell me, um, what made you then transition into uh, mentoring, um, you know, other young men? Uh, I was a part of a lot of just different programs and stuff like that growing up. So mm-hmm. it's only right that I definitely pay my dues. You know what I'm saying? So, and I always done it. I was always a mentor. I've always been this my entire life. Even, you know what I'm saying, amongst my peers, people my same age, some pe- people older than me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I've always been doing this. It's natural for me. Natural, you know what I'm saying? So I've always done it. So now that I'm doing it even more, or like, you know what I'm saying? It's just like, as far as organizations and stuff, it's like, okay, it's what you do best. <laughs> for real, for real. Mm-hmm. Encourage and motivate, enlighten. Okay. And um when you decided to do this um the you know to mentor uh young people, what is the message that you um want them to get from you know what I'm saying your story? Because so, I know that you said that you use the yeah. book for as a tool as a teaching yeah. tool so yeah. what is the message or what are the lessons that you want them to learn it's just you know what I'm saying long-winded running through this life like it was mine never mm-hmm. settling but setting every goal high 1,000 burpees on the path to my self-destruction on my own success mm-hmm. but what's a mistake without the lesson mm, I see, like that that's good they say every every man is defined by his reaction to any given situation. None of us know who we are until we fail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, who would you want to define you? Someone else or yourself? 
We all face adversity. Adversity introduces a man to himself or a woman to herself. Mm-hmm. Never let no hard time humble you, though. Take what you need to take away from the experience. Apply to your life moving forward for the betterment and the longevity of your journey and keep running your marathon. Awesome. 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 Amazing. So we're going to take um, our last break for the show. And when we come back, we are going to um, ask Chancellor about um, how people can connect with him, how they can purchase his book and all of that good stuff. So I need y'all to stick and stay. We're going to be right back. You are tuned into the I'm Possible Radio Show with your girl, Lady J, right here on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. Are you in need of a fresh perspective on relationships, on relationships, love and transformation, or are feeling consumed with hurts from the past and finding it difficult to overcome traumatic events? Well, contact licensed marriage and family therapist, Sharon Mason of Love That Relationship. She can get you back on the road to building a healthy and loving relationship with yourself and others. Love That Relationship. So everybody wants to be famous. There's so much more to a celebrity. Pain and adversity are a part of their stories too. Let's take a peek behind the fame and see how they relate to you. And we are back with our guest, Chancellor Jackson, right here on the Unpossible Radio Show on JQLM Radio, a division of Ego Entertainment Network. And, you know, Chancellor has shared his story of being in prison in China after being arrested for possession of weed. He spent 14 days there and they sent him back to the United States. And he returned he decided to write a book about his experience there as well as um join a few programs working in nonprofits, working with young people so and sharing his life lessons with them um you know to get them on a better path so with that being said can you share with everybody 
um, where they can find your book, how they can purchase it, and how they can connect with you on social media. Um, so yeah, y'all can find me. I'm on every social media platform except for TikTok. TikTok is too new school for me, so you ain't gonna catch me on that. But um, you can find me <laughs> everything else. Um, get your copies of 14 Days of Beijing available on Amazon. I have ebooks, paperbacks, hardcovers, um, audiobooks coming soon. Um, I also got, like I said, a new book dropping this uh, next Monday on the 22nd called titled You Love and You Learn. It's a piggyback stuff for 14 days. And it's a great read as well. Definitely, I want to check that one out for sure, for sure. But um, yeah, y'all could Google me though. Just Google me, Chancellor K. Jackson. Uh, everything you'll need will pop up. Other interviews and all. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I uh, must say that I can imagine with the book, I can only imagine all the different details that is in the book. That Just telling the summary of it, it sounds very wild. And it's just crazy that you were able to sit back because i know me i'd have been <laughs> like y'all don't tell me something okay <laughs> y'all gonna tell me something y'all tripping like I want, I want my phone call shoot <laughs> i was just because i'm just thinking about it, i'm like right, here i am a man of color with locks then got arrested for weed in the communist country let me be as compliant as possible. <laughs> I do any of that. This not this gonna make the situation worse. So I'm like, right, cool. right. Uh, now, I will say the 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 you know the ironic or funny thing is, you were arrested for what a lot of young men are arrested for here in the United States. Yeah. The difference is you got 14 days. A lot of them are looking at 20 years, even on their first offense for yeah. a, just a little bit, and which is crazy. Yeah, but right. um. You know, and, and so, you know, that's just another form of slavery and because somebody else <laughs> of a different background will be locked up for the exact same thing and get a year or probation. Yeah. You know, so um, I think that that is the funny thing about the situation where you were in a whole nother uh, country where they they are so much more harsh, you know, when it comes to punishment. It's for a lot of different things that here you may get a slap of wrist on, you might not even get in trouble for it, but you get arrested for the one thing that America tries to put you away for dang near your whole life for. It's crazy. I think that that's just wow. <laughs> yeah, I, and literally it was just like my life. So I literally slap on wrist. It doesn't exist. Like if I did not write this book, nobody would know about it. Now over in China, now that's a completely different story. I mean, right. <laughs> you tell them the screen might start flashing red, sirens going off. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it might be different over there. But oh uh, yeah, as far as every place else, oh yeah. Right. So um, before we close out the show, is there any last words that you would like to leave with our audience? Um, where you are, I pose a question. Wherever you are right now along your journey your life you know what i'm saying are you chasing a dream or are you fulfilling your purpose mm. well on that note i want to thank everybody for tuning in to another episode of the impossible radio show with your girl lady J right here on jqlm radio now before we close out as i always say after all of the hell you went through, the word through is an indication that you defeated the impossible too. New adversities will come, but overcoming them has already made you unstoppable. The favor over your life incomparable, which gives you the right to think and believe 
I'm possible. Love y'all. Peace. <laughs>